I'm a writer. I love writers and I coach writers. So it makes sense that I'd interview writers from all areas, blogging, TV, film, songwriting, podcasting, but also the new writers, the first timers that did it, that took the plunge because at one point they heard from someone, you should write a book about that. I always stand by like attracts like. And here in Los Angeles at an event at Sony Studios for the American Heart Association, I sat next to lead trainer and executive coach Jenna Dillon. And we got chatting and she shared with me that she works with high performing individuals and top tier organizations to achieve greater levels of fulfillment and success in their lives, careers with their organizational cultures and industry influencers. So I wanted to know more, and I had a feeling she had maybe a special ticket to my dreams because I was still having trouble pushing the envelope. So we did a swap session, and I've never done that before. And she coached me about my potential, and I coached her about her book potential, and it was really a powerful swap. And at the end, I said, you know, we need to get on the podcast and make this connection public. So here we are, Jenna. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's such a privilege. Thanks for having me. So you had a whiteboard in our session. And for those of you that, you know, are listening, I can see the whiteboard behind her right right now. And as I went on and on about my hopes and dreams, you captured some of that language on the whiteboard, which were my barriers. And you wrote down this sentence that really surprised me. And it said, I don't know what to do with that. And the other sentence was, I don't even think I'll get to the letdown. So tell me more about writing what clients have to say. So part of why I write, there's a few reasons why I use the whiteboard. Some of it's for me and some of it's for them. It's really for both. It helps me process uh, what the client's saying better if I can write it down and see it. That makes sense. It also helps the client take a step outside of their mind and be an observer to what their thoughts are if they can see it written down as well. I love that. And we're the only, like something that I find so fascinating about humans from a psychology and sociology standpoint, but predominantly psychology in this way, is we're the only species on the planet that actually can do that at the same time is we can we can observe our thoughts outside of living in our thoughts. We can. We can. Okay. Well, that's good. That's not like bad multitasking, right? That's okay that we could do that. Yes. We use more parts of our brain in doing that, that other species aren't like activating, right? So we have more reasoning than most species. Like this is one, one way that we use our brains more. So So that's, that's the whiteboard. That's the test. It's interesting because I have a whiteboard in my room, but I don't have that extra person. So like, it's just me writing down my whiteboard and I'm not really getting like real with myself because I'm not being in my mind and having someone else write it down and then seeing it and going, oh my God, really? That's what I think about myself? Yes. Well, and you know, I'll even say too, Kim, like as I'm talking about it with you, I realize like, because I'm really processing this out loud as we're going is another piece with the whiteboard, you know, often like what you just said, like what we wrote down about the things that you were saying and thinking in that swap, we're really uncovering what can be very intimate thoughts and emotions people have that either it never occurred to them they had, 
or that they never talked about it with anyone before. Right. People can feel very sensitive to that. And what the whiteboard can do is they can get a more accurate impression that we aren't judging this. We're investigating and exploring and looking at it like data, right? Yes. So that's another piece of it too. Yes. And I like to look at it, you know, and I was really surprised because a couple months later, I had this success happen where one of my clients' books was picked this month, January, uh, as the Today Show book of the month, right? So we had our session back in, I think, like November of 2022. And then this happened. And I was really like overcome by this feeling of that I didn't know what to do with the success. And I didn't know the avenues which to share it. And I started to feel like I was like, oh my God, like this is so emotional. Like I, I feel like I'm gonna miss the boat. And I and then the emotion sort of released me and allowed me to be in intimacy. Where do you find that emotion informs us? So you've got the whiteboard as part of your work. And then what do we do with the feelings? So in the coaching sessions, one of the things that is my job is I want to make sure that the client can slow themselves down enough to not just recognize what they're feeling, Mm. but figure out once I've had this feeling, what do I do with it? How do I regulate it? What is it telling me when I have this feeling, right? So all those questions can get asked and, and we can easily drive by those questions in not even one second, in a millisecond, right? And right. so it's really around like, how can I have someone slow down in a way to where they're building that emotional intelligence for themselves first to identify and regulate their emotions? I, I said earlier, like what to do with it, because it's not just about regulating. It's about, and I just actually posted about this today on social media. That's kismet. It's about your discernment to them, right? Right. So your ability to know what is my emotion telling me right now? Yes, yes. And and yes, that is an intellectual question, but it's how you can start to discern and navigate your way through the emotions that you feel. Because sometimes we've heard of like fight or flight, freeze, right? There's also faint and fawn. If we go into any of that survival reactions or, uh, yeah, I'll just say reactions, an emotion we feel can be from one of those reactions. It may not mean or be as valuable of informing us of something versus if we weren't in that state and we're feeling something, right. 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 It's a way for us to slow down and build our discernment around what our emotions are, what do they mean right now? And what do we want to take from it? Right. Yes. Yes. Well, what was interesting in that emotional state, like in my car, like parked it, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't even get in my house was I actually called the client who is a coach. And I said, I'm feeling really emotional right now about my role in this. Mm. And she was able to coach me through like, it is a big deal. Like it was an acknowledgement. Like it, it was almost like I had told myself, like, you're not supposed to cry in this. Like you're supposed to be tough. And I'm like, I am a tough person, but I'm always finding out I'm pretty soft too. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of like 
softness inside. And I think a lot of us that are these women who are out there coaching other people, championing them, when we have our emotions, I think it's a beautiful thing to discover that we're soft. Yes. Well, and we are, we are all things I would even suggest. And so why not like what you did was you were honest with yourself about and I'm I'm gonna paraphrase like the what the Jenna way would have done if I would have been <laughs> in your shoes, right? Is I I would have been like what I call messy, but not in a bad way. Like yes, us humans can have this beautiful mess of like well, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but this is mean, <laughs> right? Right. And, and you did that in a way where in doing that you were able to figure out, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Yes. And I'm going to navigate my way through to figure out what to do with it. Even if I'm not consciously like, well, what do I do with this? <laughs> you know? Right. And, and so yes. that is like the way that we are more authentically just letting us be what we are being, even if we don't really have it figured out right away, that's the vehicle to figure it out. Right. That's the vehicle. Yeah. It's, it's really, really true. You also had me look in the session that we did at sort of what some of my, what I wanted like a year later, right? So this would be October, 2023. And I wanted my book with the top publisher and I wanted my columns syndicated and I wanted to be a media conglomerate, which I think is really wild to say because it's so unfathomable. But how do you see people achieving big goals like that in one year? Like what do they have to maintain? Ooh. That's great. I don't get asked that on podcasts. That's great. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to slow that down for myself so I don't just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. So that's this big space that, because it is possible to have those things within year, a year. I mean, things happen overnight. Yeah. If you've heard of like the being conversation. So it's, it's more about how people develop who they are first and the traits that they develop in themselves, it's more that than first it being about, well, let's make sure I accomplish these results or that I develop this skill. Okay. The more that I've worked with clients, we, so I'm very results oriented as a coach. I think you remember me mentioning that when we did our coaching. Yes. Yes. One of the reasons why I do that is because it's really validating and a comfort to clients to see that J curve of results and the first place to focus on is we got to dive deep because there's some really likely deep underlying habits and associations that we have wired in our brain around thought, perception, emotions, all the things, social norms, failure, fear, Mm -hmm. all that is wrapped up, right? And in order for there to be truly sustaining and lasting growth, J-curve style, as we say. Is that your J-curve for Jenna? (laughs) Well, oh, that's, I never thought about that. Honestly, the (laughs) J-curve is the logo. Like there's three J-curves in my logo. Oh. We have our clients create exponential results rather than incremental. But it really starts with realizing character traits that they could develop and focusing on rewiring detaching associations and reattaching different associations to then build build their character from there got it that makes sense 
kind of rebuild their, their autopilot. And once they have their autopilot, then it's like, and we're off to the races. Here's the results, baby. <laughs> you know, so I love that. So it, so what you're saying is, is it's not even so much the magnitude of the goal. It's making sure that everything that you need to support you in achieving that goal is really set and understood. And then once you have that set and understood, so you almost like state the goal, like we stated the goal. Now it's like, well, do you have the mindset to reach that goal? Do you have those limiting beliefs in your way about that goal? Because that's the stuff that really gets in the way. Because the universe really just wants us to have exactly what we want to have. Like, why not? Yeah. And, you know, if I were even to get more specific around what I notice in my clients that helps them sustain and continue growing their character and people and results and company and all that. Several traits that if they didn't exist, it wouldn't work. Humility. Mm-hmm. Big one. And curiosity is another one. Both of those, like you can develop confidence and continue to, based on results, even see that you are better at something. But the moment that you tell yourself, Oh, I got it. you're capping yourself off to even growing past that, right? Yes. Staying humble and staying curious are two things that deliberately you want to keep alive, right? Right, right. I love it. I love it. You know, we could talk about this for a really long time. I want to talk about, segue into talking about books and like the book dream. And I just did a post on Instagram. It's a little bit of a snarky post this weekend where I said like, I'm really tired of people complaining about not being able to write their book to me. I'm like, I am a book coach. I literally can help you have your book dream. Mm. Please don't complain to me because it just doesn't make any sense, right? Why do you think people hedge and complain? There's a lot of reasons. So I think some of the complaints are things that they might be continually either telling themselves or being told to that they see as limitations that They've tried to overcome the limitations and they haven't figured out how. And so there's the complaint and it's hard and ugh, like they're justifying why things haven't changed otherwise, right? right? So in some ways it can be very valid, right? People also can complain. Like we've all met, like I say, the victims of the world. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I hear them. I hear them. And, and the victims of the world, quote unquote, they complain to stay exactly where they are. <laughs> For them to go forward would mean for them to change something about them they don't want to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They would have to uh, be brave or bold, for example, or uh, that they would have to be wrong about how they've seen the world or how they've seen and perceived themselves. And they don't want to be wrong. They want to be right. right. So thus they stay right there, right? So there could be a lot of reasons as to why people complain. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So- I love coaching and I love being coached and I I understand when people can't in, invest. I mean, like we talked about before we started recording, I just bought a condo. Yeah. I'm really strapped for cash for this big investment for January, February. So I'm not going to invest in coaching because it would be actually dangerous to my financial situation. And maybe March, April, I get to start getting solvent and look at that. So What is some of the work you have people do if they don't have like the immediate, like say someone that's listening to this podcast and they want to hire you, but they don't have the immediate resources to do it. What would be some of the things they could do to get ready for you for when they can financially commit? Yeah, I would. That's a great question. I would say uh, 
think about how can you set yourself up to prepare for it? And I focus on results, remember? So just pretend uh, you want to be able to afford a coach who is $500 an hour. Okay. Got it. And so if you were to spend $500 an hour, this is how you would set yourself up with a strategy, right? Is okay. Then that's how much per month. What could I do to make that kind of money to afford a coach? Which by the way, coaching, um, and I, I'm sure you know this, Kim, but for the listeners out there, coaching is a different type of service. It shouldn't be looked at as a cost, right? It should be, you get clear, and this is a non-negotiable with my clients that I work with, is we're clear right from the beginning of what's the return on investment you want to be having from coaching. So you're making far more money and getting far more time more on your hands than the time you're putting into coaching, right? But outside of that, it's like setting yourself up before working with a coach on what would I want to accomplish to be ready, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be one of it, one of the things around building that strategy for yourself to figure out how you can generate some results and get some traction. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. Thank you. The second is taking an inventory of what you notice about yourself, kind of what, what we've been talking about today, actually. You can kind of do a, and granted, it will be through your perception, but that is a place to start is what have you noticed about yourself? where you exceed well in, that come easily to you, that come naturally to to you? What do you tend to produce high results in? And why is that? Rigorous self-honesty. Rigorous self-honesty, right? Yes. And notice like those questions were not about like, do you think you're a good person? It was looking at your reality of your behavior, of your choices, of your results. What is reality indicating to you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm even ask feedback from people you know will give you a honest answer of where do you see I excel at? Where do you see that I get in my own way? Right. So that would be the kind of a step two. I love that. Those are good steps. So let's talk about book writing for a second, because that's what the podcast is sort of about. I mean, it is about that, but you know, so I want to ask you a couple of questions about your book, like you have so much to give and you have so much to share and you're a one-on-one coach. I mean, even if you had a group, I mean, how many people can be in that group and books can help you reach so many people. So what holds you back from writing your book? So part of me, it's my, the, how I look at my work, there's so much. And so like, there's, there's so many pieces to what I do. I'll say for and I hope that the viewers can kind of see, you know, we all have these, these things with ourselves. And what I mean by that is I find that I, I see this part about my work and this part about my work and this part about my work and this part about my work. And I'm like, there's so much to it. How could I possibly capture something that is so complex and in an accurate way where people get it, <laughs> you know? Right. Now that, you know, we've done a coaching swap, you're now like, oh, I get it. Right. Right. How do I even articulate something that I I perceive as like there's so much to it to really do it justice? And that feels like a huge library of books, not just one, right? That's part of my struggle, to be honest. And then the other part, how do I prioritize what's more important? What piece is more important than the others? It's right. all important to me, right? And that's the process that we did in our mini session, but that's what I do. What clients come and say, I have all this information. I don't know what to do. And we just chip away and we chip away. And you start to see what keeps rising to the surface and what keeps being called to be highlighted on. Because there's a book that's only 200 pages long 
And at the end of it, you want to give the reader something valuable. You can't guarantee that they're not going to have anxiety. You can't guarantee they're going to get that result, but you can give them something at the end of that book that they can hold their hat on that's going to give them relief. Yeah. Relief from where they were from from step A to step B. And it's not the whole kitchen sink. It's really just like one bold idea. And so like when you were talking about the whiteboard, when you're by yourself with all those thoughts about the book, there's no way you can figure it out. But if a coach like me steps in and starts to kind of go, you know, Jenna, you talk about this a lot. It seems like you like talking about this a lot. Maybe that's really what you should be writing about. It seems like that's what excites you the most. I know all this other stuff excites you, but this seems like this really excites you. And I think there might be something there. It makes sense to me though, that it would be overwhelming. And and, and that's, I think, something that people can relate to that are listening. What would it feel like for you today if you said, I'm never going to write a book? Would you be okay with that? No, I trust I will write a book at some point and maybe even more than one. I'm open. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't yet felt, ah, this is where I start. You know, I, I, as much as I am an intellect and strategic and linear and process oriented, I'm also very intuitive and creative. It's so interesting. Often when people meet me as a coach, they might first see that linear process oriented, organized strategic side. When in fact, I'm much more creative and kind of artistic, uh, much and much more of a feeler, if you will, than a thinker. And so it hasn't yet hit me where I'm like, ah, that's it. That's where I start right here. That gold mine, I can dive into that. And that would just have my energy skyrocket. And I, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that I am meant to talk about this first. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. As long, as long as you don't like overanalyze the gold mine when it does hit, right? Like when the gold mine comes, like you're aware, sort of like going back to the beginning of this conversation, like, you know, I'm in the process of buying something, but I took me a year to really know yes. And then when I know yes, then all of a sudden the property I want to buy appears. Just like when you know yes, all of a sudden the book appears. When you say, uh, oh, I'm going to set this like, you know, goal for the next year, all of a sudden it could happen within a week. It could happen within three weeks because you're ready, right? You can't write a book in three weeks. Right. But <laughs> there's lots of things you can't do in three weeks. It's amazing. It's really amazing. If all the right pieces fall into place. Well, it's been. Really amazing having you on the show. I really have loved this conversation. I think it's going to help a lot of people. I've met a lot of coaches and you are definitely very unique with your voice and in your space. And you gave me a lot to think about in just one session. So um, I really appreciate what you're doing out in the world. And thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be a part of this and support the podcast, the viewers, the listeners, and all the more for us supporting each other, Kim. So thank you. You're welcome. And let's hopefully hopefully everyone who listens will set some goals for 2023. And then in December, you know, maybe we're going to have to hear if some of those goals have been realized. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. We love reviews. If you enjoyed our show, head over to your platform of choice to drop a review, share with a friend, or even better, if you want to write a book, be in touch. You can find us at KimOhara.com.